0: topic today is APRV ventilation or also known as BiVent. Uh, it is a mode of ventilation that has recently gained more and more attention and popularity it is by no means a new mode of ventilation it's been around for some uh, period of time before we go into um, some of the mechanics and, and reasons uh, the popular use of APRV it's, it's again important to review the concepts of peep and CPAP uh, we have previously talked on, on two separate episodes of the physiology of PEEP as well as some of the negative implications of PEEP. For the point of review, uh, PEEP is end expiratory pressure and it's applied during continuous mechanical ventilation. However, if one is providing pressure on a spontaneously breathing patient uh, without partial ventilatory support, this is known as CPAP. So simply put, PEEP is the pressure uh, where we end exhalation on a mechanically ventilated patient, hence PEEP expiratory, excuse me, um, positive expiratory pressure and CPAP or continuous positive area pressure is the pressure we apply to a circuit for a spontaneously breathing patient. EPRV is a very unique mode of ventilation and and often um, um, novices to mechanical ventilation are often confused and intimidated by this mode of ventilation because of the unique Inspiratory expiratory phases that are associated with APRV. The key to to APRV ventilation is to imagine that you're not actually mechanically ventilating the patient. It is a mode where you're trying to keep the patient as spontaneous as possible. Now keep in mind the difference between PEEP and CPAP. We said CPAP was continuous positive airway pressure applied to a circuit to a patient who's spontaneously breathing. Now, if we took a patient, and we t- we, excuse me, if we took uh, someone who's awake, be it a student or yourself or myself, and we put them on a ventilator and applied pressure to the endotracheal tube and continuous positive airway pressure, that CPAP, I am continually determined my inspiratory and expiratory phases and eye times and so forth. If I were to briefly interrupt that period of CPAP for fractions of a second, uh, or or just minimal uh, uh, for a, a few seconds and then reapply the CPAP that is basically APRV or airway pressure release ventilation APRV was designed to deliver continuous positive airway pressure and to simultaneously mechanically augment alveolar ventilation and to allow unrestricted spontaneous ventilation this is in contrast to uh, SIMV modes of ventilation where a patient um, is going to uh, trigger a ventilator and get a uh, spontaneous breath um, and also where a patient's going to get a mechanical breath, sometimes also known as mode mixing, certainly much different than things like assist control. Keep in mind that APRV is a form of CPAP. It is a form of CPAP that allows the augmentation or improvement of alveolar ventilation by only briefly interrupting that applied CPAP. Gardner back in Chess um, in uh, the year 1988 first um, demonstrated the efficacy of APRV in uh, humans and this was done in a cardiac surgical patient population. They compared conventional ventilation with uh, CPAP and APRV. And APRV successfully ventilated the lungs and ensured satisfactory oxygenation with lower peak inspiratory pressures, similar hemodynamics profile, and similar gas exchange. In 1991, an author named Rossinen in critical care medicine in a prospective multi-center trial demonstrated that APRV was an alternative to conventional ventilation to augment augment alveolar ventilation in patients with ARDS of mild to moderate severity. Furthermore, APRV um, uh, provided appropriate ventilation with a 55% reduction in peak airway pressures. In the same study, 11 patients uh, with uh, ARDS um, had... um, Uh, elevated uh, partial pressure of carbon dioxide despite optimal conventional ventilatory support, and all of those patients were successfully ventilated with APRV. (laughs) Studies in animals have shown that APRV does not uh, produce significant hemodynamic dysfunctions, but when uh, switching patients from uh, APRV to full ventilatory support with conventional ventilation and CPAP, uh, stroke volume, cardiac output, and oxygen delivery decreases. Some would argue that the uh, APRV's hemodynamic pattern is indistinguishable from that we see during spontaneous ventilation uh, when we have someone on CPAP uh, versus some of the negative cardiovascular effects we see with more conventional modes of ventilation like volume uh, control SIMV. The problems that people have with APRV APRV ventilation, is um, the language is much different than when we use uh, a volume control mode of ventilation or even a pressure control mode of ventilation. When setting up a, a ventilator for SIMV, we think of the patient breathing much like we breathe commonly, with a rate, with a tidal volume. But with APRV, it's a pressure-limited mode. One really chooses the maximal airway pressure rather than the tidal volume. Um, the pressure limit during APRV is the CPAP level from which the pressure is released. So imagine you are just sitting a CPAP level, and you're going to have intermittent interruptions of that CPAP level. Therefore, the tidal volume is really a factor of the change in the airway pressure from the inspiration to the expiration and the patient's uh, lung and thorax compliance. Now, we have to remember that when we talk about um, uh, mechanical ventilation, that we're taking a patient's physiology and turning it on its head, that we normally breathe by negative negative pressure ventilation. When we drop our diaphragm, the intrathoracic pressure drops, and we suck air into our lungs. When we ventilate patients with more traditional or conventional modes of ventilation, we are inflating the the, um, lungs by forcing air into the lungs at either a set volume or set pressure. Uh, There are several factors that uh, produce resistance to that uh, conventional pushing of gas into the thorax and lungs Um, but most notably that is the compliance of the lung and the thorax. Inflating the lung and expanding the thorax are two variables that uh, resist the uh, uh, inspiratory phase of more conventional modes of ventilation. In APRV we go the other direction, is that we maintain the patient in a period of lung inflation, or CPAP, and then we rapidly deflate the lung. When setting someone up on APRV, we set a peak inspiratory pressure, and this is very much like a CPAP level, and this is gonna be the pressure which the lungs are uh, exposed to the majority of the time. Therefore, if you choose a CPAP level of 10 centimeters of water, with an ambient release pressure, i.e., you know, zero centimeters of water, and the patient has a lung and thorax compliance of 100 milliliters per centimeter of water, the total volume is then the uh, lung and thorax compliance of 100 milliliters per centimeter water pressure times 10 centimeters uh, of water pressure. So you get 100 times 10, and that means your total volume is approximately a liter. Patients with typically normal lungs will get adequate total volumes Uh, with a peak pressure or CPAP pressure on the APRV of 10 to 15 centimeters of water pressure. And then the release pressure is zero, which we also call ambient release pressure. As patients' lungs, and we typically don't ventilate people with normal lungs, and so if we look at patients who have ARDS or other types of lung processes, they'll typically require higher CPAP levels or higher peak pressures on the APRV. So in those patients, you're looking at uh, peak pressures on the APRV or what we call pressure high of 20 to 30 centimeters of water. And in those patients also, you're using what we'd call ambient release pressures, and therefore the pressure low is between 5 to 10 centimeters of water. Now the other thing about APRV that's really unique is the differences between the inspiratory and expiratory time ratio. Typically, a normal individual uh, breathing spontaneously will have an I to E ratio, or inspiratory to expiratory time ratio, of greater than one to two. Typically, uh, uh, one second, or or one to three. So, for every one second of an inspiratory uh, second, you've got three seconds of expiratory. We always have a longer expiration time. And as with on conventional ventilation, as we shorten that I to E time, as it approaches one to one. This is what really defines inverse ratio of ventilation. Now, the trick with APRV is that we use very, very short um, um, expiratory times. So, when one looks at the uh, um, waveforms uh, on a patient with APRV, it'll look like the patient is on inverse ratio of ventilation. The key difference is inverse ratio of ventilation does not permit spontaneous breathing by the patient. But APRV, by definition, allows unrestricted spontaneous ventilation. So to take a patient who is on APRV ventilation and deeply sedate them or paralyze them defeats the entire purpose of having somebody on APRV. Now, why do we use such very short expiratory times on APRV? Well, that's necessary uh, to prevent loss of lung volume from the alveolar that are recruited during your inspiratory time, your P-high time, or your CPAP time. It's all the same. It's that you've got that high pressure, and we exhale, but we don't want to let all that air out of the lungs, and this is what creates an open lung strategy. And typically, we're looking at expiratory times of roughly 0.5 seconds. Now, when patients have ARDS, they have stiff lungs. When people have a lot of edema on their chest or burns on their chest or, or a lot of bandages on their chest, they have low compliance of their thorax. Okay, this means that the lungs are stiff or the thorax is stiff. And when releases the pressure, the the uh, lungs or the thorax are going to kind of spring back like a, a rubber band and probably rapidly empty the lungs during that long expiratory phase. So therefore, in those situations, less time is needed to empty the lungs completely than when the lung compliance is normal or high. And lung compliance would be high, for instance, in somebody who has uh, COPD. Therefore, from a practical standpoint, 0.5 seconds should be adequate release for patients with normal lungs. And those with stiffer lungs should tolerate the shorter expiratory times on APRV. Therefore, if you're taking care of a patient with ARDS, they may need an expiratory time or a time low uh, on the APRV circuit of only 0.25 to 0.3 seconds. But in order to prevent gas trapping, one should really listen to the chest or measure expiratory flow to uh, assure that exhalation is complete before the delivery of the next uh, breath. Although APRV was designed to be used in patients with stiff lungs, um, it's successful ultimately to ventilate the patient and oxygenate them um, uh, let me re-say that it will successfully ventilate oxygenate patients who have mild pulmonary impairments as well as normal lung compliance so these patients don't need to be in ARDS uh, to be ventilated on APRV. APRV is a full spontaneous uh, ventilation so the patient will breathe spontaneously um, while on APRV. Now because of uh, APRV relies on rapid Uh, increases and decreases in airway pressure for its success. Patients with increased airway resistance should be ventilated with APRV um, and uh, people who are really prone to air trapping, and therefore you're talking about people who have asthmatic conditions as well as COPD patients. Now let's talk about how to ventilate somebody on APRV, assuming they have relatively normal lung compliance. Maybe they have a pneumonia, uh, they have a traumatic brain injury, uh, but they're not... uh, uh, in Florida, acute lung injury, ARDS, and they don't have a lot of chest wall injury, decrease in their thoracic compliance. Keep in mind that we're dealing with APRV. We're just not focusing on lung compliance, but we're also talking about thorax compliance. We've already said that the tidal volume on APRV is really a, a product of two factors. One is the compliance of the of the thorax and a change in the airway pressures. So. If we take uh, a normal lung thorax compliance, is roughly 100 milliliters per, or per centimeter of water. Therefore, if you change the pressure from your P high to your P low of 10, that'll 10 times 100 is 1,000, and that will produce a total volume of approximately a liter. Now, a patient is critically ill, they're lying down, they've got some pressure of their abdominal viscera pushing on their diaphragm, their um, lung thorax compliance isn't going to be normal. Uh, their lung thorax compliance may be in the range of 70, perhaps higher. Now, if you're dealing with an airway pressure change of, say, 10 to 12 centimeters of water, again, so you're looking at 70 times 10, you're looking at tidal volumes in the ranges of 700 to 800 milliliters. Therefore, you would start with a CPAP level, or what we call a pressure high, of 10 to 12 centimeters of water, and ambient pressures, or your pressure lows, of near ambient, uh, which is 0 to 2. You want to keep short expiratory times. So your expiratory time, in some cases, are going to be .5, but in a normal, uh, a more normal lung that isn't very tight, isn't isn't wound like that rubber band, because it's more compliant, you would probably need to use a little bit longer expiratory times of say 1.5 to two seconds. Now we've talked about in a a, a normal compliant lung, we would choose an expiratory time of one and a half to two seconds. What is the inspiratory time that we choose? Well, in conventional ventilation, we will typically determine the, the I time and E time are determined as part of a ratio, and it gives us our I to E ratio. Again, APRV is a totally different form of mechanical ventilation, and we don't choose our inspiratory time based on our expiratory time. The inspiratory time is really set to choose the mechanical ventilatory rate. So if one wants a a mechanical ventilatory rate of six breaths per minute, well, that's easy to do the math. Sixty seconds in a minute, six breaths per minute, that means you have a total cycle time of ten seconds. If you have an expiratory time of two seconds, and your cycle time is ten seconds, then that determines what your inspiratory time is. Ten seconds, your total cycle time, minus your expiratory time of two seconds, gives an inspiratory time of eight seconds. Go over that again, okay? For normal, compliant lungs, the lungs are not wound up like a banjo. You need an expiratory time of one and a half to two seconds. Your eye time is not a ratio of your E time, like in conventional modes of ventilation. Your eye time is chosen to determine your set mechanical rate. APRV likes slow rates, 10, 12, certainly no higher. If you're dealing with... A rate of, of six, for instance, to make the math easy. When you're weaning a patient or a patient doesn't need much rate, a time of um, a rate of six will give you a cycle time of 10 seconds. If you're if you require a set mechanical rate of 10, then your cycle time is six seconds. Okay. So what you do is you take your total cycle time you subtract your expiratory time of 1.5 to 2 seconds and that gives you your inspiratory time or what we like to call the time high or the time that you spend in CPAP or the, the high pressure. Lower rates seem to be better for APRV. If you need ventilatory rates of 12 to 14 breaths per minute, to uh, adequately ventilate the patient or get rid of CO2 you're probably going to be better off increasing your CPAP level or your pressure high uh, by two sonometer increments Um, and and that'll improve your total volume. Choose your FiO2 as you would in any other setting at the lowest possible level to maintain an adequate oxygen saturation. The APRV circuit allows unrestricted spontaneous ventilation. The patient can breathe whenever they want regardless of the cycle of the ventilator. One should titrate the ventilator to deliver the lowest level of ventilatory support that the patient needs. So, if you're starting at a mechanical rate of 12 breaths per minute, and you've got that fixed time low or expiratory time of 1.5 seconds, then your cycle time is, is what? 60. Um, uh, 60 divided by 12 is 5 second cycle time. You have 1.5 second for the time low or the expiratory time, and therefore 3.5 seconds for your inspiratory time. If the patient has a normal PCO2 or it's low, then you're probably overventilating the patient. And then you can, um, the mechanical ventilatory rate can be decreased by lengthening the inspiratory time. You should continue to decrease the ventilatory rate again by increasing the time high um, until the patient uh, either starts to develop a respiratory acidemia or some level of tachypnea. But if one's having problems ventilating, you can try to go up on the, on the rate by adjusting the eye time. But again, I would probably approach it by increasing your, your pressure high, also known as your CPAP level. Uh, once you get up to like, rates of, say, 12 or 15, it gets very ineffective. Let's ventilate somebody who has a severely diseased lung as in somebody who's got ARPV. And keeping in mind that the idea of APRV, it's an open lung strategy. We're trying to maximize the functional residual capacity without injuring the lung. So the first thing we need to do is check what is going to be our pressure high setting or that CPAP setting once that optimal CPAP or pressure high setting is obtained we want to try to work to get the FiO2 less than 50 percent again to try to reduce the the possibility of any kind of oxygen toxicity again I would start the rate of, of an APRV ventilation at roughly 10 seconds or excuse me the, the APRV rate I would set at 10 breaths per minute, 10 breaths per minute is a cycle time of six seconds. 60 seconds in a minute, 10 breaths per minute, 10 divided 60 divided by 10 is six second cycle time. Now, if we left our expiratory time at 1.5 seconds, uh, our our time low, then that leaves an inspiratory time of roughly 4.5 seconds. Typically, patients with diseased lungs and ARDS will require pressure highs of, of 20, and in some cases, 30. Some people will set a pressure low, uh, which is also the PEEP level at 10, and more diseased lungs, but I actually prefer to keep that number down as close as I can to zero, if not at zero. And again, as we said earlier, we want to keep the ventilatory rate certainly less than 15, um, uh, certainly targeting to 10 to 12 breaths per minute, or 10 to 12 releases a minute. Now, how do we wean or liberate somebody from APRV? Frequently, ventilatory failure is a result of a decrease in the functional residual capacity. By using APRV, we're using an open lung strategy, and we should be able to recruit the FRC very easily. Keep in mind that inspiratory maneuvers recruit FRC. Expiratory maneuvers retain FRC. So when approaching uh, the wean of somebody on APRV, the first thing you want to do is really decrease the set ventilatory rate. Uh, The reduction in rate can be done gradually as the patient tolerates it until the mechanical rate is set at zero. Um, And at that point, the CPAP and release pressures are basically constant and you have a patient on CPAP. Now keep in mind, how do we decrease the set rate on APRV? We increase the time high. And we keep increasing it until the rate is zero and the patient is essentially on CPAP. This was a very brief introduction to APRV. Uh, if it, if this explanation confused you more than it helped you, I'm sorry for that. It's sometimes difficult to explain uh, these things um, without the benefit of diagrams and so forth. Uh, we do have a, an article posted on the website uh, of www.BurnDoc.com that provides a very detailed physiological explanation of the benefits of APRV as well uh, of, of how to uh, program someone on a ventilator with APRV. But in summary, keep in mind, APRV is considered an open lung strategy mode of ventilation. APRV appears to result in less barotrauma of... Uh, uh, than uh, perhaps conventional modes of ventilation, and it has uh, less negative hemodynamic consequences than we initially anticipated. APRV really has four four elements to it. It has a pressure high and a pressure low. The pressure high is basically CPAP. The pressure low is typically what we would consider our PEEP. The pressure low is typically best at kept at very low levels, typically zero, or we call ambient pressure. Your expiratory times are usually fixed. About 1.5 to 2 seconds in people with compliant lungs, and it's even shorter in people with stiff lungs and thoraxes. We adjust the rate of the ventilator by increasing the time high, or what some people conventionally call the inspiratory time. This is a full spontaneous mode of ventilations. Uh, Patients do not need to be um, uh, paralyzed like they would on pressure control ventilation. That is the conclusion of of this episode. Again, there are papers posted at the website. This is Jeff Guy. Thank you.